0: Buds and Blue Jays. Your place for everything related to the Toronto Blue Jays. Here's your hosts Jesse Burrell and Riley McConnell. Now let's get on with the show.
1: Good evening Blue Jays fans. Welcome to episode 137 of Buds and Blue Jays. It is Thursday, September 28th and we are full squad on our episode today. I'm Jesse Burrell joined by both Riley McConnell and Isaac Bass, and boy, this was a very big series that the Toronto Blue Jays just went through against the New York Yankees. Our playoff picture gets even clearer with one series left to go against who might be our first opponent in the tampa bay rays we will get into all the things coming out of this series including chris bassett being the man getting to 200 innings pitched so much more including what is happening with matt chapman and whit merrifield do we have a jordan romano problem and so so much more storylines getting into the postseason but first gentlemen how are we feeling about this toronto blue jays team with one series left to go in the regular season
2: I will first off say, guys, that this has been a roller coaster of a September. Um, We were feeling very up, very down, and this series did not start off well for our boys in blue. We did avoid the sweep. Things are looking really good Uh, The dominoes are kind of falling our way right now as far as the teams that are losing and struggling down this part of the year, which is, hey, it'll kill you, man. It'll absolutely kill you to lose games this late being this tight in a wild card race. But honestly, like from two weeks ago, from a week and a half ago, I'm feeling a totally different person. And guys, like I think I'm not going to jump the gun too much, but I am pretty damn set on – our Blue Jays being in the postseason.
1: Isaac, how are you? How are you feeling about the Blue Jays right now?
0: Uh, as I was just saying before the episode, I think if we had lost today, uh, uh, I don't. I, there would be a very different vibe coming into this episode. But uh, <laughs> I mean, thank God at least we got one. Like, like you said, in the end, all that matters is the playoffs. I, me being a massive Leaf fan, you realize more and more that like it, it, regular season, as long as you get in, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're going in, hopefully we're getting a little bit more um, confidence. It's just what, and I'm sure we'll get to this. It's just our home, how we play at home offensively has just been, maybe it's a good thing that we're going to have to go to the drop or something like that. Honestly, as weird as that is to say, maybe it's a good thing.
1: Yep. I'm going to get into that. I want to talk a little bit about some numbers and what we are looking forward here going into the last series. Right. The Blue Jays won today, which is good. The Texas Rangers and Seattle Mariners are currently playing right now. It is the bottom of the six currently. Texas is winning two to one. If Texas holds on and wins this game, the Blue Jays' playoff odds dip up to a 99.3%. So it is virtually impossible, knock on wood, for the Blue Jays not to make the playoffs, assuming Texas holds on. Even if Seattle does come back and win, the Blue Jays still have a 95% chance of making the playoffs. So I am going to go through the tune of this episode, assuming that we are making the playoffs. Now, that is a dangerous game to play. If there's one thing we know about this year's Toronto Blue Jays season is that, Wild things can and will happen, but for the sake of that, let's assume we are in. So with that being said, two questions, I guess, would you guys want to go to TROP to play Tampa Bay and knowing our history at the TROP and how many times we see this team, or would you rather Houston passes us or something like that? And we end up having to go to Minnesota to play the twins. Do you guys have a preference? What do you want to see this last series?
2: I think the idea is to win as many games as you can. I think the likelihood of what is going to happen is we're going to play six games in a a row against the Tampa Bay Rays. And I think I'm okay with that. Okay. Pending that we play well in the series. I mean, we're going and we have a home series against the Tampa Bay Rays and we're not seeing the best version of those Rays. Um, that we would have saw early on in the year. And I think, honestly, like this Tampa Bay team um, had an absolute hold on the entire major league, and they kind of let that slip away due to injuries and, and poor play uh, kind of down the stretch. And I think I think we kind of go pedal to the metal and absolutely demoralize them in this three-game set at home and then go into their ballpark and keep the pressure up and keep scoring those runs get those quality starts get those good quality relief innings and walk away wildcard champions and i think that there's a really good chance that this blue jays club can do that but we have to well i say that we can we have to get those good pitching innings in and we have to get the offense because That's i mean tampa is sneaky. of the year <laughs> tampa is sneaky good man i still fear fear the rays But I think for the most part, um, I would, uh, you know, I'm more sided on if if we end up getting swept by the Rays and still make the postseason, then, yeah, bring on Minnesota if if it's statistically possible for what happens. But, hey, uh, I am comfortable as of right now wanting to face Tampa Bay.
1: Isaac, what about you? What do you want to see you see from this team in the last series of the year?
0: Yeah, I I think it's just the the offense. Like, I'm confident in our pitching going forward. Our two starting pitchers on games one and two very likely have just played. Um, So they are done for the regular season. So even if, like, these guys like Kikuchi in this next series are meh, like, I'm not going to be too concerned because our guys are already set. Um, So either way, uh, I'm down for either team. I, I think it's... It's bad juju, I guess, to like kind of cheer to play one or the other. The other cool thing about going yeah. down to Tampa in the playoffs is like all the snowbirds from Canada are just starting to get down there. So we might outnumber their fans. Whereas in Minnesota, um, they're going to be crazy in Minnesota for a team that hasn't been to the playoffs in a long time. So as mu- who knows how much that affects uh, um, how we play based on like the fan engagement. But I, I couldn't care either way. Whoever we play, I am down for.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, and if we're going to play Tampa, now might be the time to play them. Like They are not full strength. They are without Wander Franco, Jose Siri, Brandon Lau, Luke Rayleigh, and their pitching staff has been torn to shreds. Yes, they still have Tyler Glasnow, and yes, they still have a good bullpen, but this might be the most beatable Tampa has ever been. And if the Blue Jays are going to go on a run to the World Series, wouldn't it be sweet if we can beat our Tampa Bay Rays as one of the teams or the first of the teams in order to do so? Gentlemen, I want to talk more about we'll get back to the series that just was and whether or not we have concerns, but I want to talk more about what individual things do you want to see in this upcoming series against Tampa Bay? Isaac, you talked about the pitching here. You don't, you just don't want to see Bassett or Gosman. You want to see, I guess, Kikuchi and Hunjin Ryu kind of do their thing. I'm talking more about, I don't know if I want to give the Tampa Bay Rays that many looks at a ton of our relievers. Like what I'm saying is, I don't know if I want to throw a ton of Jordan Hicks, this series, or, I would say Jordan Romano, but I think you got to get him back out there um, because I don't want their hitters to get used to seeing our higher leverage pitchers if you can help it. This series, so I'd like think you're going to see a lot of Jay Jackson or throw Trevor Richards until his arm falls off and stuff like that. This series, so that way when the playoffs do come and the outs matter more, the hitters aren't used to seeing these guys.
2: I think it's important to obviously, you know, mess with the timing of these hitters. The problem is uh with you know some of our guys not all of our guys is that Tampa is a divisional team and we've seen Tampa and uh so let's take into consideration yes a guy like Jordan Romano t- the Tampa Rays have seen a lot of him over the past uh Tim Meza as well um you, you exactly want to mix in um some of these uh, guys that are in lower leverage situations obviously though if the if there's a game on the line you got to throw your best guy if it's a tie ball game yeah. in the late innings or it's you know it's very circumstantial uh do if we have the option though and, you know I don't want to be too picky with this of course we want to win ball games I don't care how we do it but at the end of the day if we have a rested reliever and there's a game on the line it's it's got to be it's got to be him it's not a b or c it's option a and option a only whether that's hicks or romano whoever we decide at the time or who john schneider decides at the time because that's still very much pending we'll get into that topic in this episode absolutely um but it's the same it's the same thing as you know Picking a team that you want to play against, you you got to go with the best best guy available and the best guy that's going to win you that ball game if it's close. If we have the option, yeah, sure. Throw Trevor Richards for three innings. But I mean, I don't know if that situation uh, will
1: happen. Isaac, do you have a thought on that? Or is there something different that you really want to see from the Toronto Blue Jays this last series of the regular season? Well, I guess it's, uh, I
0: was just trying to rack my brain to figure out what our pitching strategy exactly is going to be if they want to kind of follow what you said, Jesse, because um, who we would have scheduled to start would be Rio Kikuchi and then Gosman. Obviously, we're not going to be starting Gosman in game three. Uh, it's going to depend on when we clinch. So game yes. one, we could clinch, right? In which case, if you don't want to throw releasers, you have two guys, Kikuchi and Ryu, who basically go five innings, six at most. So you're going to have to throw a lot of relievers in there. And then game three, if we're already clinched, you're not playing Barrios because he could very well have to start game three. You're not playing Gosman. No other guys are going to line up for that. So you're going to have to bring in a guy, maybe like Bowden Francis and do like a spot start, something like that. But you're not going to get that many innings out of him either. So are we going to bring up guy to kind of fill in that spot and put cam eden down and then bring him back up or like how do you foresee assuming we clinch in the first two games that game three going
1: yeah i think assuming we have already clinched we are going to see a lineup full of probably cam eden gets a start and santiago espinal's in the lineup and it's going to be it might be a simple bullpen day every single reliever gets one inning and so be it maybe a guy like Trevor Richards or something gets to maybe we call up Zach pop or something just to give him an inning or two. I don't, I'm not sure. I doubt that one, but that's what I think it's going to be, but I think it'll be a good problem to have when we get there and clinch. Anyway, speaking of clinching guys, I've got some blue Jays scenarios. The blue Jays can clinch as early as Friday and they can't be mathematically eliminated until Sunday on the last day. So it would be nice if the blue Jays get a win, they get help around the league and we can just clinch their spot on Friday which I think would be very, very good. I also have some tiebreaker scenarios for you guys. Now, none of these are very likely to happen, but I want you to keep them in mind. And here they are. If there is a four-way tie, if Seattle, Texas, Houston, and the Blue Jays are all tied with the same record, the Blue Jays, based on tiebreakers, are the ones that eliminated. If Seattle wins the West, which is not looking very likely and the Blue Jays, Astros, and Rangers all tie, Texas is out of the playoffs. If the Astros win the West and there's a three-way tie with the other teams, the Blue Jays are out again. And if the Rangers win the West, which seems to be the way, and there is a tie between Seattle, us, and Houston, it is Houston that is out of the playoffs. So I expect. I don't think any of those are going to happen with the way the Blue Jays are playing, but just keep that stuff in mind in case this weekend gets absolutely crazy for the Blue Jays.
2: Those scenarios do sound absolutely bonkers. If it were to come <laughs> down to it, guys, um, it's just it's just win. Like it's I, win. it's yep. it's those are simple words. The task at hand is a lot more difficult than that. But I mean, guys, there's three games left in the regular season, um, and you said we can clinch as early as Friday. And I'm I looked at my phone and I thought Friday's a half hour away. Like, on, you know, on the clock. I mean, guys, like, I'm getting goosebumps thinking of the scenarios in my head. I don't want to put the cart before the horse. But, I mean, we're just in a really good spot right now. It Mm -hmm. feels good. And the mood... Bassi, you hit the nail on the head. If we lost this game tonight, um, it's a totally different vibe. Um, and it, it, it is in the Blue Jays clubhouse and it is on our um on our little camaraderie meeting here. It's a totally different vibe.
1: All right, let's get into that series then and the reason we won today, gentlemen, and I want to give an official Buds and Blue Jays thumbs up, not just for this series, but for the course of the season for what Chris Bassett has done. He went seven and two thirds innings pitch, 12 strikeouts against the Yankees today, giving him 200 innings pitch on the season and his 16th win ends up with a 380 ERA, which if you remember the way his season started was with a disaster in St. Louis. So to come this far for Chris Bassett and is likely going to start game two of the series is going to be very good. Isaac, I want to turn it to you. Um, Chris Bassett. I'm assuming he's now our game two starter. I think you mentioned that earlier. Are you expecting a big postseason out of Chris Bassett? Yeah, I think so. And um, I, I also just want to point out, uh,
0: I, I, I saw something, but I was thinking this last episode too, is like we give uh, uh, Ross Atkins and uh, management a lot of shit um, in Blue Jays Nation, but we chose Chris Bassett over ross stripling and he chose kevin gosman over robbie ray and how great have those two we've had the best pitching one of the best pitching the entire league this year so you got to give him some credit where it's due what an amazing ad instead of going back to you know someone that just had a flash in the pan as you guys kind of said so um i just want to give a little congrats to our management group for for once because blue jays nation are not very kind to them um (laughs) Yeah, I, th- I think he's going to be absolutely amazing. He's an any eater as well, which is great. He has very rare blowups. It's been like, I think, three times this year. So, I mean, probabilities that it probably won't happen again, especially not against a Rays or Twins lineup, which are th- that explosive. Um, if it was against a team like the Astros, I'd be maybe a little bit more concerned from the first round. But, um, yeah, I-, I have total faith in our first
1: two guys, and Barrios, we'll see. <laughs> Riley, I know you want to throw some love to Chris Bassett. Uh, let's hear what you got.
2: Yeah. Um, I had it at the start of the year. I love this. Of course, uh, one of my guys started this. Well, White Sox came over to Oakland, didn't pitch a lot for them, had his best season last year with the New York Mets until this year. I didn't think it was possible. I thought getting Chris Bassett was a great addition, but – As Isaac said, an innings eater. And for me, the definition and terminology for innings eater, you know, has like a four ERA. Like we're getting into the category of ace when you're talking, you know, a sub four and 200 innings pitch in today's MLB. And we've had four very good pitchers this year. I will I will, you know, also bring in our other guys uh, to to say that, you know, Kikuchi and Barrios are pretty much comeback players of the year. Um, In a lot of cases, but for Chris Bassett and his performance tonight against the New York Yankees, uh, he absolutely shut the door on it. And that's a great way to close out the series. It's a great way to close out his season and absolutely got to be a playoff starter game two is that's that's I'm pretty sure that will be set in stone. Uh, he, He had a hell of a year. I mean he's getting better each year. It, it statistically if you look at his numbers and I mean I know w- they say oh wins don't mean anything but 16 wins at age 34 looks pretty good or age 35 whatever he is. I mean those that's those are pretty good numbers in the year 2023.
1: First Blue Jays pitcher to 200 innings in a season since Marcus Stroman in 2017. And the first Blue Jays pitcher to go 200 innings with at least 180 strikeouts in a year since Roy Halladay in 2009. That is some elite company for... um, for Chris Bassett here. Very nice. I also like the way he can move his pitches and really attack race hitters. I'm excited to see that his last start against the race, six and two thirds, only two runs allowed. That is kind of the outline I would expect. Gentlemen, we got two big issues though, especially that showed their way in this Yankees series. And I think we need to start with the most pressing one, boys. And that is the Blue Jays offense. We did just get shut out twice against the New York Yankees, a team that has really underperformed on the course of the year. Yes, one was against Garrett Cole, and yes, was against Michael King, who's been very good the past like five weeks or so. But getting shut out twice in a row for a team that's about to go into the playoffs is concerning. And I want to know about you guys. On a scale of one to 10, give me your, I guess, your faith level on how you feel the Toronto Blue Jays offense can come alive in this postseason.
2: Um, Are we going to dive more? We're going to dive more into this. I'm just going to give you... I'm going to save my banter here, and I'm just going to say six.
1: Okay. Isaac, you have a number. Um just to
0: be different, that number sounds good, Riley. You said there. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a five.
1: I don't know if I'm that optimistic about this team being able to hit better because the pitching is just going to get better. We're not gonna be facing Luke Weaver every single time out, you know. Like the pitchers we see are going to be good. The relievers we see coming out of the pen are going to be even better. Um, I am worried about this Blue Jays offense. I'm not certain we have enough thump or firepower to really go on a dramatic run. We might be able to win the wild card series, but I don't know if we have what it takes to make it to the ALCS or the World Series. But I would love to see something just spark or click and get this offense going. I guess, Riley, we'll start with you. Um, a lot of players here have really kind of either disappointed or haven't done what they need to do or have struggled lately. I guess just get into it with any single of the Blue Jays offensive players. Who do you want to see either get a spark from or what should we do to get this offense better? I
2: just want to generalize for right now. We lost the first game to nothing. Kevin Gosman had another hell of a start. I mean, it's not the best start of the year, but it's in his top 10 for the, this campaign. We had three guys court hits and we had six uh, base runners get on via walk. We had nine guys left on base. Mm -hmm. That is where the clutch factor comes in, and we could not drive in those runs. The Yankees only scored two runs. How they scored those two runs, we'll get into that. Michael Kane is not a guy that should have a shutout line, especially when he has the control issues. We did not take advantage of that. And then – Game two. What can you say? I mean, Garrett Cole pretty much just won the Cy Young award. I mean, I hate yeah. to say it, but like, let's be realistic here. The only cha- we got two hits. Good for Brandon Belt, um, for the only guy who didn't go over in the lineup, and he got two hits against Garrett Cole. Um, Barrios in that game. I mean, oh, double digit strikeouts. That that was great. But he was throwing a beach ball in there as well yeah, in he was. at times. And and yeah, we we walk away with a six nothing loss. So the fact is we got shut out by a good pitcher in the second game. In the first game, we had absolutely no clutch. Story of the season, story of the last really any season I can remember. We've had no luck with runners in scoring positions. Because I feel like Jesse and Isaac, anytime a pitcher gives up six walks, that's a or you know, a pitching staff gives up six walks. That's a substantial number. You have to take advantage of of a of a number like that. And there was multiple walks in an inning too. I mean, we just didn't, we just did not have the offense. And I think statistically, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, as much as you would think. Uh, but hey, for the Jays, it honestly, it honestly can happen. And then, yeah. Oh, look at look at us. We're gonna go. Oh. 20 innings later and Dalton Varsho decides to absolutely rope one uh mm-hmm. for our first first run uh, in yeah 20 innings or, or whatever it is two games basically and um like yeah a player to click i mean that was my question i just kind of wanted to rant about you know us not getting hits like if a player's going to click right now who better than a guy like vladimir guerrero junior show us what you're made of Vladdy. we're playing a team we're going to play in the playoffs we're playing at home our last series of the year. You know, if this is the sequel, if last one was the the movie and now it's the sequel. Well, wouldn't a good point in the movie for is for you to turn it around, essentially? Um, yeah, I think you're going to get. Yeah. Have, time for a plot twist. Vladdy actually hits 30 home runs this year. Again, <laughs> I, that, I don't think that's going to happen. And it should have. But hey. If I want a player to click, I'm looking to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And hey, if I want a guy who's the best supporting actor, Bo Bichette, sure. Bichette every day, man.
1: Isaac, what do you want to see from this offense? Are you confident in these guys going to the playoffs or, or what would you like to see? I'm still
0: starting a petition that we are calling him Guerrero Jr. instead of Vladdy from here on out until he proves otherwise. He doesn't de- deserve to have a nickname like Vladdy. He is going to be Guerrero for me. Just like every other player gets their last name called out, so Uh, that until he proves me wrong, that's going to be my name for Guerrero. Um, Obviously, that's the pick, Uh, right? Like it it has to be your big guys, or you're not. We're not going to win a series, let alone um, a world championship. So uh, I'm going to go maybe a little bit off the board, and I'm going to say that um, Kirk needs to be big, um, especially because he's going to be starting every single game at That's catcher true. and this guy needs to be a solid bat in the middle of the lineup um so i mean it's gonna to have to be everybody like belt was the only guy through this whole series that did anything and the guy is showing this is a great reason we got him showing his leadership qualities to, saying the fans need to be louder and he was the only one causing the fans to be loud the entire series so um He's my standout for this series, and I think he's going to continue it. The one thing that I was a little worried about, uh, you saw him be slow on the fastball in game one, um, and that was at the start of the season when he was coming back from an injury That was what Belt's issue was for the first month that we all kind of wanted him off the team. Thank God that he wasn't. But (laughs) I was very happy to see the next two games that he is right back to the Brennan Belt for the last few months and didn't have to go through that long process of getting back to it. Um, So yeah, Kirk, Belt, and Guerrero obviously.
1: Kirk, I love the call. At game one, Um, he actually had a couple ropes of a baseball. I think he had a line out um, where an infielder made a good play and then he had one where the left fielder made a diving catch, which had a 930 expected batting average. Just didn't happen to go that way. And Kirk had two hits in the finale, including another hard hit ball. I do think if Kirk is doing this bat-to-ball skills and this bat is going, the Blue Jays are going to be in good spots. I guess the two main culprits on this team, guys, are Matt Chapman and uh, Whit Merrifield who both have a WRC plus around Fifty since August first, which is awful for the team. Um, Matt Chapman was moved down to eighth in the batting order in Game Three of this series, and Whit Merrifield. We've seen him only play every now and again lately. Um, Are these? I guess simple question: Are these guys in your playoff lineup? Game one.
2: Well, I mean, certainly Chapman is for me, Um, (laughs) and he's probably hitting eighth in in that lineup, seventh or eighth in the lineup, depending on the matchup. Um. I do not know if I have Whit Merrifield in that lineup, but he is certainly the first option off the bench. Uh, That's that's probably my take, and I I have no qualms with with um, with Merrifield not getting the playing time because he hasn't he hasn't hey he he was the best player in baseball for about twelve days, Mm -hmm. and then you know that was not short lived. Hey, it was very helpful for for our season. Um, I'm keeping Chapman on third base though, primarily for his defense. And I mean, a stroke of luck with, with maybe a timely double would be nice. Of course, you know, very prone to the strikeouts. That's a whole other can of worms though, but I'm still keeping him in on the, on the sole fact that he is probably the best defensive third baseman in baseball.
1: Isaac, Berryfield Chapman, are they cracking your lineup game one? I saw a nickname
0: floating around on Twitter today, Matt Kratman, oh. And <laughs> and right now, I know that hurts your soul, Riley, over there. But right now, that is what he's playing at. <laughs> and honestly, I don't know what it is about. I feel like this it might just be vibes, picking up on vibes. But at the start of the year, this guy was way more animated. He was like, you could see him in the... Um, dug out like like celebrating with people and he just looks sour all of the time whenever he strikes out there's no and I actually like seeing it from Guerrero today when he struck out and he slammed his bat and broke his bat on the ground I was like finally this dude is showing that he really cares I like that I would like to see a little bit more out of ch- I I maybe I'm not getting the whole picture but he seems like he's off in every way even a couple of his throws recently have been like bounced balls yeah, he bounced one again like one yeah. It, 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 something seems a little off there, but if you have to have him as like a Kevin Kiermaier, where typically Kiermaier's had a good offensive season by his standards, but typically he's in your nine hole so that he can play top tier defense. Chapman can be in the eighth hole because he plays top tier defense. I don't think you take him out. Merrifield, I think you're, you're right. Unless this guy somehow catches a heater and maybe you play him to see if it Can happen in this series. But other than that, I think I still think David Schneider and Jesse, I want to know your opinion on not playing David Schneider a single at bat bat this. But what's what's your thoughts first? David
1: Schneider should have been in the series. We talked about it a lot last episode how I want to see this guy get at bats because he could come in off the bench and try to run into a home run. Um, But I agree with you on the Chapman thing. Even his home run he hit today, which was a wall scraper (laughs) down the line, (laughs) barely got out. Ridiculous. it It got out. Um, Even when he got into the dugout and the blue Jays were doing like their little fist celebration, they did seem almost hesitant. And even Matt Chapman didn't seem like he was really thrilled about hitting the home run either. So I think you might be right. There might be something going on with Matt Chapman there. The thing is though, we know what he is capable of. If we could ever unlock that April, Matt Chapman, there is something there. He still hits the ball incredibly hard. He does it all year. It's just, it's getting so tough to see these pop-ups and to see these misses on pitches right down the middle of the plate. Like, He's going to be a real big Blue Jays X factor. And we'll get into that in the next series. And in terms of Whit Merrifield, Kevin Biggio is your second baseman because you're not taking Belt or Vladdy or Guerrero out of the lineup and Biggio's <laughs> got to play, right? So unfortunately, yeah, that means Whit Merrifield is off the bench and I think the Blue Jays kind of go from there. Um, any other thoughts on Dalton Varshow heating up guys or some of the offensive players we haven't mentioned about Kevin Kiermaier hasn't really hit in quite a while. Um, we've seen just kind of some hit and miss from Bo Bichette. like any other offensive players you wanted to bring up, or you want to see a little more from, from this series?
2: I mean, you mentioned Alejandro Kirk, uh, you know, Isaac, and all I could think was a great series would be to have an under on two and a half ground into double plays when, you know, it's important timing in the ball game, you know, all joking aside, um, with Dalton Varsho, it's so, so weird, man, because he had another piss missile today. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the guy has a ton of power. I don't know if it, and there was speculation. I was listening to Ben Wagner saying, you know, something about the ballpark and, and why the ball's not flying out with the new dimensions and things like that. Like, who the heck knows? But Varsho gets a hold of one that's great. There's two... In, in in game three, we have Bat uh, Chapman and show batting eight and nine, which, okay, fair enough. You look at how they've hit this year, and there's so many holes in both their swings. But at any any given moment, these guys can hit 410 feet uh, onto the pole side, uh, no doubter. Uh, as far as Kiermaier goes, Again, we're talking about an elite defender um, at his position. Uh, You know, you got more tools in the outfield, but our three guys that we got to roll with for the most part and 90 percent of the time moving forward is Varsho Springer and Kevin Kiermaier. Um, Say what you will about, you know, George Springer. I think he's had a tremendous year. I, I I can't be the only one that thinks that. Uh, I, exceeding my expectations, one hundred percent. But I mean, I, I think our roster is pretty set. And yeah, at this point, wits wits an option to use. He's a tool. It would be nice to get Davis Schneider into one of these ball games so he doesn't go ice cold going into the postseason. Because we forget. That he was the best player in MLB history right. for to start his career. <laughs> and like, if, he gets don't, hot, if he gets hot again don't like ice that, him.
1: he's going to carry this yeah. team all through the postseason. Do not his ice
2: back. this guy. No chance. Get him some at-bats in this series. Like, he cannot... I was actually, you know what, and now now you get me a little fired up. I sh- <laughs> you, they, you should have had him in one of these games in the series. I didn't even think especially about after it. Getting shut now. out, especially after oh, getting shut out game 1. Twice, what not what like uh, like you get shut out in game 1. Okay, you can look at it different ways. Maybe you protect them from Garrett Cole. But getting shut out twice and not having him in the third game, you got to switch up the recipe there, Chef Schneider. Mm. Uh, referring to John Schneider. You know, let's cook with David Schneider and see what maybe he got. Like, like, let's not let him go ice cold into these this postseason, because I think we, we know what he could do on the ball field. I mean, it's a no brainer. Like, I think I think he should maybe get I think he could start two games, possibly if we clinch. Maybe Bo Bichette sits a game and Santiago Espinol goes into short just to protect a guy. I don't know how you want to manage this, but I know for certain that I want to see David Schneider get some at bat so he doesn't go into
0: the playoffs ice cold.
1: Me too. Isaac, did you have a quick thought on the rest of the offense there or did you want to touch on our closer and Jordan Romano?
0: Uh, I think for the offense, uh, it's just been an underperforming team as a whole for the entire year, especially power-wise. Jesse, you made a tweet. I forget if it was your personal account, your Buds and Blue Jays account, just and reiterating what we talked about last podcast where you were saying that what wins in the playoff is home runs, which is why a guy like David Schneider should be in here. And even on his own 30, he was hammering balls, which is something that a lot of the guys, even the big guys in our lineup, can't really say um, this year. I mean, maybe there's, Something to the fact that we let him go, quote unquote, ice cold by benching him for a week after he started hot and going a little cold. And then he came back and was a, once again Babe Ruth for a couple of weeks. And maybe that's just his cycle is a couple of weeks. And if we bring him back just in time for the playoffs and he goes back to being super red hot, who knows? But let's touch on Jordan Romano. Yeah, I guess. It. Yeah, I guess for me, um, I. It's hard to say unless he's still had that finger bothering him, right? Like we don't know in which case, once again, he should not be on the baseball field if he is at all injured. I don't know why, but I, I don't necessarily have concerns about Jordan Romano going forward, but I think you have to question like, is, can Jordan Hicks be challenge him for the closer spot if the matchup um I'm messing up the word dictates for it. Exactly. Like, depending on if guys struggle with balls at 100 miles per hour, maybe Hicks is their closer for a game like it's I don't think it should be necessarily set in stone right now that Romano is going to come in and close every single time going forward.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think I'm with you. I will say the home run he gave up was a wall scraper. It barely got over that wall, but, you know, it still counts. And at the end of the day, it's another earned run that Jordan Romano gave up in a non-save situation. Look, in a perfect world, I think you get Jordan Romano into this series coming up this weekend against Tampa. You let him get a good inning and, and kind of figure it out. But if he struggles again in this series in the weekend... I don't know if you can just throw Jordan Romano in the ninth in a playoff game, especially if it's a one run lead in the trop. Like, I don't know. I'm nervous. And I really do think that this is our biggest X factor going into the playoffs with what to do with Jordan Romano.
2: The only person who can really challenge Romano is Jordan Hicks. He's the only guy comparatively. Same with the setup spot. If you're to move, you know, if it's not, if you're battling for a closer and you disinclude uh, Romano, Um, And Hicks, then you look at, you know, uh, Yumi Garcia uh, and Eric Swanson for the eighth inning kind of thing. You know, if there's four right, there's four good right handers right there. Those names, uh, you know, we always say on paper, but I'm going to say it again. On paper, those first four names in your bullpen, those sound fantastic. Jordan Romano has had a a pretty crappy track record like over this past month, he has given up too many earned runs. He's given up too many base runners. And it was one of those things when, when the Yankees let off that inning with a hit, I thought this is the, probably I said this before the show, this was the third or fourth time this year that we've given up a walk, given up a hit. And I thought like, Oh man, we're in trouble. And then lo and behold to run home run, Jordan Romano's on the hook for a loss. And that's how the series starts. When easily, I you know, in a perfect world, he gets us to the bottom half and we score a run. We didn't end up scoring a run. Doesn't matter. But I mean, you gotta. Ex- we we expect more from Romano. And if he is battling an injury, then why is he pitching? You have exactly. to th- that then hand the reins over to to uh, to Hicks, and then from there, then you can decide your order of who handles what leverage and who goes in and which matchup. Um because yeah, if he's good to go and he just gives up another stinker, then it's a demotion. If it's a health matter, then he's not in the ballgame in, in at this point because we can't afford these late inning and not even late like late inning for me is the seventh inning. Like we're in the top of the ninth inning in a tie ball game in the second last series of the season and we're Pitching a guy who has struggled, A, and B, dealing with a possible injury, that just doesn't add up for me. We had more options to use. And, yeah, you give him his sample size in this series against Tampa. Let's see how that goes. I personally think it's going to go fine. If it doesn't, we're going to have to do some research, and it's going to look like it's going to be Jordan Hicks as the playoff closer. Wow, I mean,
0: yeah, just to just to touch on it, too, because I was just thinking in my head, like, can you guys remember the last game when Romano came in and didn't allow at least base runners? Like he's done some closes. And then I was looking at his stats for the last seven games and the guy's thrown 8.1 innings with nine hits and five walks with a whip Mm -hmm. of 1.68. it's like, that's not a closer I want. Like that's not even a reliever that I want to be playing right now. His his ERA is 5.4. And it, so it's just like, if this guy has any injury at all, you, you, he is not he is not your closer because that that's not just like one or two games. That's over seven of his last games. So that's something that I would definitely keep an eye on. And I mean, we have such a good bullpen that like it's not... I, last year, if Jordan Romano wasn't like the only guy that I really trusted in our bullpen, it would be a big deal. Now there's a bunch of guys that I trust. So if he's at all injured... It's not going to sink us if Jordan Romano
1: isn't our closer going into the playoffs. Wow, that would be big. I don't know if John Schneider has the balls to take Jordan Romano out of the uh, closer role. Well, he he doesn't. doesn't. He absolutely he doesn't. doesn't. No. And if and if we lose a game in the wild card series because he didn't pull Jordan Romano, oh man, it's going to go crazy. But yeah, he's had one clean appearance in his last nine appearances. Has Jordan Romano, where he's literally gone three up, three down. So. It's yikes! He's going to be one of the biggest people to watch for in this series this weekend. I'd love to see him get out there and get on a run, um, gentlemen. Is there anything else you want to look for? Any other thing you want to touch on in this series? We talked about Brandon Belt. Any of the other pitchers we saw, like about Gosman start or about um, uh, Brios's start. Anything else you think might have an effect going down to this last series?
2: I'm just going to be cliche. Paddle to the metal. We we start early. We get, their, we get our foot on their throats, and we don't let up. We need this. This is not a time to take a day off. We need all 26 guys on deck. 28 guys, sorry. Uh, and we need to secure a playoff berth as soon as possible. Uh, it, it, I think that's bottom line. Yeah. I, I, Let's, I'm clinch with you. I'm,
1: Let's clinch today. I,
2: Let's clinch in two minutes. We'll clinch today, Friday, Perfect. because I've been staring. I've been staring at my phone for whatever, I've, for whatever reason, because that's just who I am. Cause I'm looking at um, the, no, the numbers and stuff. I can't get game one and two out of my head. I won't lie to you. That's just frustrating in that way, but you feel better um, after today and really, Brandon Belt coming through with that three-run home run. I mean, that feels good. I know that felt good for him. That's a huge,
0: uh, you know, momentum. He certainly doesn't show in it. The day season. That guy, nothing no. phases that guy. No, he doesn't. Matter
2: what. <laughs> big moment though. That's a huge momentum shift. I know we're already leading in that ball game, but we're doubling a lead.
1: Yeah, uh, with with, with
2: with with our pitcher having you know one of his best games, if not his best start of the season. I mean, that's it's that's a hell of a moment uh, for Brandon Belt to have, uh, especially, you know, when he said he wants noise. Well, he got it.
1: Isaac, was there anything else in this series that caught your attention, base running or anything like that? Or are we uh, we all systems go going into the next series?
0: We're all systems go. Let's go get a series win. Let's show Tampa Bay that they don't scare us, that we want to play them. Let's not go in leaving them any doubt, any locker room stuff that they can (coughs) do. And just, just go and play the best that you can. Snyder, give give your guys some chances to prove that they deserve to be on game one of this playoff lineup. Give everyone an opportunity. Put David Snyder in for a couple games and have everybody basically say, look, guys, we haven't been good enough. This is the time to go out and prove it. Get on a hot streak, go into the playoffs hot, and let's go beat the fuck out of the Tampa yeah. Bay Rays for the next three games. And then only, Riley, you said six games? Let's beat them in the next five games because mm-hmm. we're going to have a wild card sweep. Jordan Romano is going to pitch awesome. Guerrero is going to turn back into Vladdy. And this team is going to win the World Series. Let's just say it. All oh, right, clip, I love clip, the hope. clip. The last 50
2: seconds of that one, Jesse. Holy <laughs> Moses, man. I put that like I've, that's right up there with um, great moments are great made from great opportunity. That's what you got here tonight, boys. Like, holy jump. Isaac Bass, ladies and gentlemen, a true Blue Jays fan.
1: <laughs> hey, we are nothing but optimistic on this show. If you've been listening to us for a long time and I'm sure uh, that'll hold up. That'll do it for episode here today, guys. I do want to do a little bit of programming note. So our next episode is going to be after the Tampa Bay Rays series. We're going to do our official Blue Jays season preview. We're going to tell you who we're up against, what the strengths are, what the weaknesses are, who the X factors are. And we'll probably give out some more bold predictions like we just gave out here. Um, and then our tentative plan is to do an episode after each and every single game of these playoffs. It might be out as soon as the game ends. It might take a little while, but we are going to do live instant reactions. So please make sure you follow us on all the social media channels so you can see it. If you have any questions, we're going to be tweeting things out from our buds and blue Jays account. We can even read some of your tweets on our show, any concerns or anything you might have. So please make sure you give them a follow and uh, interact with us because we are going to be going for it big all postseason. With that being said, Postseason tickets are still available. If you're confident that they can win this thing and go through a run in the postseason, get your tickets. Cause as Noah was Riley and I saw last year, postseason baseball at the oh. dome can be great. Can also oh. be tetris. So Oh uh, man. Make sure you're there.
2: Greatest collapse in a single game in MLB history, I think, is probably when you look at it. That we won't talk about that. That's how we <laughs> ended last season. Um wow yeah don't yeah. bring me back to that that's some ptsd stuff for a jays fan <laughs> right there especially you who was absolutely made into a meme uh for about two weeks
1: my coworkers still don't let me live this down to this day <laughs> but anyways that's it for episode we will see you guys on sunday night recapping the uh, race series and getting into a playoff preview boys let's go blue jays let's have a big weekend and we'll see you when we clinch
2: thanks guys Hell yeah peace out